I am so excited today because we have a special guest that is a best-selling author. She published her first book at the age of 60, proving that age is no barrier to success. I am talking about the wonderfully talented Beryl Crocia Seegers. She doesn't hold back today. You know, she talks about the tragic death of her brother when he was only four years old um, and her life journey overcoming anxiety, racial prejudice and segregation in South Africa. Uh, we also talk about her journey from, you know, producing live events through to becoming a successful author and then a film producer. So, you know, we get to cross over those creative fields. Now, Beryl is the author of the best-selling book, A Darker Shade of Pale, and that's a memoir of apartheid South Africa where she tells her story of her determination to rise above the injustice and inequality. Now, after the success of that book, she actually went on to create another release, Behind My Smile. Now, she's won a multitude of awards in her career. She is a proud Sydney grandmother who lives on the east side of Australia, and she has an amazing story to tell. You guys are in for a treat with the very creative Beryl Crocia Seegers. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba, and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Okay, welcome. We have Beryl Crocia Seegers on the show. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I, oh, you, you know, we met such a long time ago. I never thought I'd sit with you on, you know, uh, doing a podcast. So, I know. How yeah. are you coping during lockdown? How are you going? Um, it's it's tough. It's um, mm -hmm. we are uh, three generations in one house. One man, four women, and a dog. And um, so yeah, it's quite a struggle, you know, with all of us studying and working from home. It's twenty four seven basically. It's you know as it it is. It's it's wearing thin. <laughs> Yeah, moment. and to give some context, you're in Sydney like I am. So what we're in like yeah. week, what is it, week nine? Week nine? Yeah, <laughs> week nine. Yeah. Yes. You can even keep track anymore. It's just I know. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, like you mentioned, we actually did meet many moons ago. Um, yeah. That was on, you were actually producing a musical theatre, co-op yes. musical theatre production, a yes. chorus line. Yes. I played the role of Sheila. Yes. Um, and that's so crazy because how? what year was that? Um, probably around 2010. Yeah, oh, like, like we're yeah. talking. 
oh, over 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and yeah. So much has changed since then. It's actually quite funny because I was a young actor at the time and I do remember meeting you and, um, you know, you were lovely, but obviously being an actor and you were the producer lady. Yes. And I was like, oh, no, Belle's here. I've got to, you know, do my best. I've got to make yeah. an impression. Isn't it funny? <laughs> it was. It was fun. And and John Burden was, I mean, the, the director, he was really yeah. good to work with. And we've done a few things since then. But, um, yeah, it was a... It was a, a, you know, it was a dream for me. That was, you know, theatre productions, all things I dreamed about when I, you know, lived in South Africa under oppression. So to finally be able to do these things, I, I just ran with it. I just tried to do, and I still do today, still trying yeah. to do as much as I can. Yeah, what inspired you um, to get started? What, what was that first step into the creative industry and what inspired you to take that first step? Well, I, I grew up in that background. You know, I did that on a, you know, small community scale in South Africa, just in our trying to uplift our community there. So mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it was always in my blood to, um, to create. And um, um, I put my first concert, backyard concert on at the age of 11. So, you know, I... Um, of course, in South Africa, things were very different. We didn't have those opportunities. We, you know, um, were very deprived. And so coming to Australia, I, I came from that background, very connected with a lot of people who were like me, um, um, wanted to uplift the community. And suddenly, here I am in Sydney, I don't know anyone. And I... Yeah. Um, and I still wanted to do those things and just couldn't connect with the right people who, um, you know, who, who had those similar ideals um, um, to what I had. So I, I tried on, you know, did small things, kind of, you know, met people and you, you know, get to know people. And one day I just decided I'm going to put on, I'm going to open this community arts um a network and um, just blindly went into it um, and I did it for a number of, number of years, did a few productions, connected with a, with a few people uh, and then I, I had this brainwave that I would bring previously disadvantaged artists, entertainers from South Africa to Australia. Yeah, that's and amazing. Yeah, and, and again, you know, no plan, no budget. Just made it up. <laughs> like every just, good artistic yeah. project, yeah. yeah, no plan, no budget. Just, yeah, just made it up as I went along and, you know, took huge risks. I um, Fortunately, I had a, a, a good job that paid, you know, a good, I worked full time and so I could take these, these risks that I you know that I, I I did and um so I did that you know planned that um bringing these artists out collaborating with local artists here and you know sort of built that up over the years so I was always involved in something I had to um I had to do something creative and you know even at work we'd have fundraisers for the cancer council and I'd be the person getting entertainers, bringing people in. And so always that producer's role. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
And I do understand that, I mean, I'm, I'm a producer also, I understand that risk that comes with producing yep. and, you know, you put so much into it and, yes. you know, without yep. that guarantee of outcome, but, you know, I guess it yep. comes from a place of love and, and passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes too much. Sometimes I'm, mm. you know, I throw, as they say, caution to the wind. You just take that risk. And you don't know, you know, there's no guarantee it's going to work. I I built that up in the in our community, so I knew I had the South African community that, you know, supported the events. But it was never big enough to, you know, it it didn't grow so that I, you know, got the the broader community involved. Yeah. And so it it remained kind of a hobby. It remained that that it was something I wanted to do for these people that would never bring them anywhere overseas. Mm. And this was their opportunity to come. And so, you know, um, uh, I guess that's what I, that was my ultimate dream to just do that, to, to provide those opportunities for them. Well, you really did take a leap from being a hobbyist producer into being a best-selling author. Um, you wrote A Darker Shade of Pale and that was your, you know, your best-selling hit. Yep. Tell us a little bit about the journey of writing that that book in particular. Yeah, so, you know, this was a high school dream for me to write, of course. Um, um, you know, when I told my parents I wanted to be a writer, they said, what's a writer? Go and be a teacher or a nurse or that's a real job, you know. Mm. And so I always, I wrote, I'm a, I'm a dear diary girl, so um, always wrote you know, throughout my um, my life. And coming to Australia, I, and, you know, once our family grew, um, all my immediate family are here, my, my mother and, you know, all my siblings. And so I felt then that I wanted to leave a legacy. I wanted them to know where they, where they come from where we come from, why we're here, you know, what made us leave that country. Our future generations would know that because uh, we are onto our fourth generation here. And, yeah. and so that book, I became so determined to write that book. I didn't think broader than, than writing for this book for our family. I, when I, I wrote that, I had no idea that, um, that so many people would read my book. I sat in my study by myself, you know, um, my words on the computer, just my memories, pouring them out in there. And it was only when I went, when I had to get an editor and, you know, had to get a publisher and had to do all those things that I knew nothing about um, that, you know, I just wanted my uh, to write a book. And it was, it was through meeting this editor that... Mm. Um, the book took shape. And, and you do really tackle some quite heavy issues in the book as well. Yeah, I do. I, I come, you know, of course I grew up under oppression. I knew no other life, and you know, until I um, when became a teenager, I thought that was normal for us to be segregated, to be segregated by the colour of our skin I or, you know, live in our own areas. I mm. didn't know there was a another life just on the other side of the bushes, on the other side of the railway line, that um, children like me were living privileged lives I, because we were all segregated. 
When so, did you discover that? When did you discover I discovered that life it wasn't I, as you thought? Um, well, I grew up in a, a household where my father was very um, vocal, very political. My mother was practical. My mother was the breadwinner. Mm. I grew up in the 60s with having my father at home um, because of ill health. So he right. took care of us. Mm. And my mother was the breadwinner. So he would say these things. Oh, we were, you know, of course, very young. And he would, you know, always be telling us about the injustice. So you grow up in that household where uh, you learn about the injustice, but you don't really understand. Um, and we had teachers, especially when I got to high school, our teachers would, you know, talk about, tell us about these things. We were um, kept, as they said, um, dumb at the time. We had no television, no media. Mm. We didn't know what was happening in the, the rest of the world. Um, but my father was um, very much interested in world affairs and uh, he had, you know, he met people. He he was well read. He, um, of course, lots of books were banned. This book, A Darker Shade of Pale, back then would have been banned. Yes. You know, when a journalist said that to me, um, when I went over to South Africa to launch the book, and he said to me, do you realise that this book would have been banned, you know, back yeah. in... Uh, you know, it's didn't, crazy to think that, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I grew... So when I, be, you know, of course, in my teens, you, you realise there's something different. And, you know, my sister was older, and so you, you know, sort of venture out of your areas because you have to now go... Yeah. Uh, you know, and you see the injustices, you see the schools and how different their schools look to ours and, you know, their houses and um, everything is just so much better than ours. Um, so that's what I wanted to write about. I wanted our future generations to know that, you know, it's uh, even though a lot of people say it's history, it's my history, it's our history. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to be burying that. You want to be no. sharing that because people can learn from your your experiences, your history, yeah. um, you know, just like anyone else that shares their past, whether yeah. it be tainted or not. I think those are the stories that make a true impact. Yeah. So they are the most important stories to tell. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And there were people, um, you know, um, some of my trolls, people who... Funny, um, I was about to get to that next. I was going to be asking you about that backlash. Yeah. You did receive some of that, didn't you? Yeah, I did because I felt that I was, you know, reopening old wounds and, you know, even death threats. They were wishing me ill, wishing my family ill. And, um, and this was just a book, a family. It's really a family story, but, of course, it's woven, you know, the the uh, growing up under oppression and the injustices, of course, is such a big part of our life. Um, so I felt I, I really struggle um, and it's something that I had to work through with um, a professional is that I really struggled with people, um, um, people who were my age, who were privileged and mm -hmm. today they say that they don't, they didn't know. They say, as I said, that I didn't know that there was injustice. Neither did they. And wow. so I really struggle with that, you know, yes. that they um, 
that they say when they say that. So yeah, I was very you know verbally attacked and and just received the most horrific messages and images and and it really you know affected me. I I didn't think it would. Um, my book, of course, on on Amazon and wherever you know it it um, did really well, um, and still is still today. It's you know from time to time. I if if I make an appearance anywhere, if I'm on a panel, uh, my book sales would go up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was it was really for me a personal achievement to write that book. And to get to that stage where it's published and it's out there. And yeah, and you got published at 60. I Isn't know, that amazing? I know. It's, right. Yeah. It's, you know, when I got the offer, I you would I was I I was shouting. I was like a teenager. <laughs> what is something that I that, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, a publisher is sending me a contract and um, you know, this never happened to me. It would never have happened um, had we stayed back there. Of course, things are different there now and people's lives have changed there as well. But if I look at my life and my time um, and how much I missed out on. uh, So when I came to Australia, I ran with everything. I, my first job, I came, you know, Growing up in South Africa, we couldn't work in the public service. Those jobs were all for white South Africans. I could not even touch the fence of Parliament House or, you know, and and yeah, I found my very first job, I found myself working in the New South Wales Cabinet Office. I got a temporary job for three weeks. I stayed 17 years. Wow. (laughs) And, you have another um, job at the moment, or you you're so um no I'm freelance. Well, I, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm back. I work part time for a politician now as well. Um, so I came into that job no no government experience. I had qualifications, of course, from you know um, going to college and getting those qualifications, but I yeah. had no no experience in government. And here I was offered this part-time role, admin role, and three weeks later I was offered a job and <laughs> I never went. <laughs> never That's went amazing. Back. It's funny as yeah. well, like um, I think these days, especially in the world of the internet and personal branding and all these things, everybody thinks they can write a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. Every entrepreneur yeah. and their dog thinks, yeah. well, I'm going to write a book. I mean, heck, I've thought about writing a book. Um Tell us about the reality of that. What is it like to be a published author and what's the demand or how does, yeah, what's the workload like? Um, look, I, um, as I said, I was I'm a dear diary girl. So I had lots of, you know, stories that I wrote because I grew up in the time where children were seen, you know, and not heard. So I'd sit and listen to all the conversations. I'd write, you know, we had nothing to do. I'd write these conversations and I kept all my writing. And um, I I used to make my own little books when I was a teenager. I used to, you know, dream about writing and I'd make my own little books and stitch the, you know, the, the um, do my own binding and oh, give it amazing. to my siblings. And 
Um, <laughs> so you can imagine when I held my first book, how what that was like, you know, that eventually um, at my age, here I, I made it. But it was, it was my determination to, um, to actually, you know, achieve this, um, this dream that I had. I felt I needed to make it work. I needed to, mm. um, you know, to realize this dream. I, I had these bits of paper all over the place, and, but I had to form the story. But as I said earlier, it was um, only when I met this editor by chance in a in a in a group in a writing group, and she, with uh, without her, I would have struggled to yeah. actually you know to put the story together. Um, I didn't have the skills to do that. I I could write, but I I you know and. I had no structure. I had. I didn't know those things. I, I um, was never taught to, um, you know, to write professionally. I taught myself. I just loved writing. And um, how long did it take you to write that book? Um, it took well. It took me a, a, a while, like a number of years. But mm. you know, it really took me two years of full time writing to finish it. Yeah, wow. To actually make make it into a book. Yeah. Um, and all the aspiring writers out there, it's, it's not just, oh, I want to write a book. No, a no. It, work yeah, it's a lot of work. And um, the and mainly because that was my first book and I had a lot to learn. The second book, I, you know, I had been through that process. And so we're talking now about um, behind my smile. Yes, yes. 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 Tell us a little bit about that. So the reason for that book um, is, you know, it came, of course, came um, after my first book. I went through this very difficult period um, when I was really badly affected by trolls and, and the whole trauma of writing about growing up in South Africa was very hard. I was warned by other writers, but I thought I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm strong. Um but it did take its toll on me, writing, going back, because there were some family things. My brother drowned, um, you know, some, some of our own family stories that I wrote about in there, and also the injustices. I, you know, at my first job in South Africa, straight out of, out of college, um, I was the only person of colour in, um, in this company or in the office. And... Um, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Hidden Figures. It, that is a real trigger for me, those NASA um, uh, ladies, you know, who worked at NASA. When I watch that movie, it's a real trigger for me. Mm. Um, I was very young, you know, um, working in this office and I could not put my cup on the same table as the other people. I couldn't have tea or coffee with them. I couldn't go... They'd go on lunches, they'd do, and I'd be excluded because I couldn't go to the places or they'd have morning tea right there and I would be sitting at my desk and I could not socialise with them. And it's just unbelievable, um, isn't it? Yeah. Was there any sort of, like, was it therapeutic in a way or was it just it was hard. that trauma? It was hard to write some of those things. Some days I had to walk away and just leave it. 
Mm. It was very difficult. You know, some of those things were really tough to write about. And I'd also built up this life year that um, I, you know, of course, engaged with other with all South Africans through my, my community work year. And at times I did feel um, people are only friends with me because I'm an author or because I do yeah. these shows or uh, do, uh, do they really want to know me? So yeah. I had those doubts about those relationships. Um, and it was, it, yeah, it, it was quite traumatic for me. I, I'm an overthinker as well. <laughs> so that's my, <laughs> my personality. So I, as most creatives are, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, you've got so to overthink. I'm always <laughs> questioning a lot of things, and you know, and that was that was to my detriment. I I actually made it worse for myself, um, and I took really took to heart some of the comments that people were saying, and I uh, was sending me and and wishing my family ill, and I felt this pain that I was. Putting my exposing my family to this as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd never told them. I didn't want to tell them, uh, you know, that uh, all these things were coming. And um, I also grew up in a time where we, um, when natural healing, traditional healing was a thing, we didn't have, you know, the Western medicine as much. Um, my mother and, and her sisters and you know, our neighbours, We there was always a wise person in the community. We didn't have psychologists or psychiatrists. They were the people that, that healed you. My mother was a healer. She, you know, she, people used to come to her. With, she was like a psychologist to, to women. And um, so I grew up and I, and when I got to the stage where, you know, it, things started happening to me. Um, I had all these accidents. I, I, and I, I started believing that people were cursing me because I, mm. you know, I went out to um, to a shop and um, I tripped and I go crashing into the glass, tore my Achilles on the, you know, on the couch for three months. I just recovered from that. I go for a walk and a piece of metal shot into my eye. Oh, and my I can't goodness. And I, you know, and so... Jeez. All those things happening, I just started believing that people could curse me. Something happened in my mind, you know, that I, um, and I had to get, I got to the stage where I couldn't leave my home. I couldn't drive my car. I couldn't, I didn't want to see people. I became fearful of, I never thought the kind of person that I am, that this would happen to me. So it was a real struggle. but. I did, I, I realised that I needed help um, and I, you know, eventually went to the, the doctor and, you know, had to go and um, find a professional and I came, I discovered this person who, um, who, who merged traditional healing with clinical um, right. treatment and so I was very fortunate to find this person and um so I saw him professionally and uh, while I, you know, undergoing the treatment, I decided to write behind my smile and to talk about um, that journey of healing 
and it's very it's a very open and honest account of my therapy and my mm. um thoughts and you know uh, my fears and that's how that book came about wow it's almost like the tortured artist you know yes yeah we do tend to go there really all the way um and connect with whatever story we're telling and so I can imagine that that I mean obviously I can't imagine it but I I can see how that may have affected you quite deeply to actually go there and relive those moments you know yeah 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 and then I, I think my therapy helped a lot with unburdening myself Mm. um, and letting go of some of these things I struggled a lot with grief I lost three siblings and and we are very close family and so I I struggled with that and I'm one of those long grieving people Mm. um so I, I that was a big thing that I that I had to work through and um, yeah, well, there's no manual to grief, you know. No, no, there isn't. And um, there's no end. There's no, you know, there's no end to it. Um, um, my brother drowned. He was four and I was six years old. And I still, I'm still haunted by that day. He dried, drowned in front of us. So, you oh, know. That um, made me think because my son is four and that just Oh, choked me up just then, just yeah. even thinking about yeah. that as a, as a concept, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I wrote a chapter in A Darker Shade of Pale on him and it's like I had to let go of, it's so detailed and all the reviews I've had is about the detail in the book. Um, and, you know, I, that for me was therapeutic. It was healing yes. because it's things that you just, carry with you and images that are stuck there and we never had therapy you know there's nothing um no one ever even talked to us um about my my parents didn't talk to us they had they had their own grief and never talked to us about my brother's death he was you know gone from one day to the next and um my mom, I mean, we were on a picnic when it happened and he was, we were all right there when he drowned, he disappeared. And um, so, so that I struggled with for a long time. Um, so, you know, and it's, it's interesting because you've gone to this completely different path. So you've gone from writing these books um, and you're writing a third one at the moment, yep. going into producing a documentary with such yep. a different topic um tell us about this documentary because that's quite heavyweight as well i have a documentary that called healing from the shadows which came out of the the books which is in in production in post-production but my fight i'm a co-producer on that right so the person yeah so um the 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 producer you know of that film it's really his idea. I came on as a co-producer in that. What is my, my doctor about? So it's about a local young man who um, uh, uh, became addicted to drugs. He had his own, um, I was actually just writing the whole synopsis today, and um, he 
struggled with fitting in. He came from a you know broke a family, a split family, and so he he struggled with fitting in and um and was bullied at school and fell into the wrong crowd. Mm. We where they made him feel welcome. They made he said you know when I well, listened to his you know his story um, how. It was so much better than what the bullies offered. These were the wrong people, but they made him feel good. They made yeah. him feel welcome. And he fall, uh, fell into an, an addiction. Was it? Was it? One of the ice or what? Ice. Was it? Ice. ice. That's yeah. One of the yeah. One of the most dangerous drugs. And um, so the the um, director and producer of this um, film. He tells the story so beautifully in there. He says um, he's also the one who filmed um, my documentary, Healing from the Shadows, yes. which um, is co-written by the professional that I saw. Um, so my fight is I'm just really um, proud to be part of this, this project um, because it. Uh, the young man involved, he's very honest and very open about his struggle um, and and his his road to recovery was also very hard and he's still, he's, he's won the, the fight but he's still in the battle, you know. Yeah. He's, um, and he turned to boxing after, you know, um, a stint in, I mean, one of several stints in rehab. Um, he, he, came out and he joined, he went to a boxing ring and, you know, joined a local boxing group. And that that gave him some purpose and some stability in his life and he had this new focus. And so he's, he's boxing and he's, um, um, but he's still, you know, he's, he's not, as he, he, he's, he's not sure that he's out of the woods yeah, and, then, and how did you, you know, how did you even end up here? So you've gone from you know producing live shows, events, you, then you become this you know successful published author, and then you begin producing documentaries. Yeah, how did, the, that, how did that come about? Was it intentional or it kind of fell together? Um, it, it's I you know it's the people you meet, and I, mm. I met a I met someone who said to me, you know why don't you make a documentary of your life, of your books that you wrote? And uh, and it was someone that worked at the ABC and who said to me, just, you know, why don't you do that? You've got the two mm. books. Um, it was just a, like the next step. Um, yeah. I've never done it before. And so I, because I'm so goal-driven, it's I've always been this way. And I like to see a project through to the end. And that's sort of one of the, you know, one of the, I guess, the qualities that I have that's seen me progress in my work, in my jobs that I have. And um, it's just you know, crazy to me that, like, you really just go for it. So I do. I do. There's a bit of a blind faith there and you're like, I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to go for this. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. you've got big dreams and you absolutely don't hesitate. Yeah, I don't. But I, I think at the same time, I've always had a, 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 another source of income. Mm. And so I didn't just go into business and not have anything. 
um, I opened up like that. And that worked for me is that, you know, having that stable source of income and then taking these risks and building other, you know, other. Yeah, I I would love to ask. I mean, this is like a creative business podcast after all. So, (laughs) yeah, is it sustainable financially to to be an author, to be a producer in Australia, like is there an abundance of finances or is it not so? Like what is it that people out there that are thinking of these lines of work get a bit of a reality of what that might look like? Yeah, it's I think more and more today. um, I was, as I said, I was very surprised to get my first, you know, um, book um, uh, taken by a publisher and, it was a small publisher, nothing, you know, big, but it got my book out there. Yeah. It would never have gotten out there. Yeah. Um, I think today it's very, unless you have, unless you a name, a big name, or it's very, I, from my own experience, it's very difficult to get a publisher interested in your book. Like anything you do, you know, like anything that's out there, it's like making a record or, you know, recording a song and then going to the record company. You're one of how many people, you know, doing that. Um, And what I think for me was working with an editor, with a reputable editor, it was worth doing that um, to getting my book up to a certain level. I think with the second book, I, um, it's another small publisher, but I had built up this platform for myself that made me marketable. So I had, and that I've done over a a number of years and and through my event work, through my community work, um, without that, I think publishers look at, at that and they, if they see that you're marketable, you know, that especially if you're an unknown, um, that's part of your package. That's part of what you present to them is yeah. uh, you come with, with um, you know, some platform to them. What do you think about self-publishing versus having a publisher? Um, I, I, you know, to be honest, I would self-publish uh, unless I get a really good contract from someone. Um, Why is that? Well, unless there's some really big money being put there, um, you know, from a publisher. There's a lot of, from what I've heard from people, from others who have gone through publishers, Mm. they would get an advance and that would be the only money that they see because they would have to pay back that advance to the publisher. Uh, You know, they take their money back. It's like being signed by a label. You know, they they invest in you. if you have, I'd say if you have a if you have a platform and you want to do that work of marketing yourself, and um, I do that a lot, you know, getting book talks, getting myself because that's a way of getting your books sold. Uh, having you know, going to libraries, going to book clubs, that's where people actually buy your book, especially if you're not known. That's a way of. You know, if if a, a bookstore had to call me and say we want you to come and do a book signing, how many people would be there? You know, but if I go to an organized book club, or um, there will be a certain number of sales, and 
uh, or doing any talks, you know, any. Yeah, so that you know, PR circuit and being. You've got to really do active. that. Yeah, you've got to, you cannot sit, publish your book and sit back. It's, no. You've got to do that work, you yeah, know. And, and the work is not just in the writing, it's no. in everything after. Yeah. yeah. As good as your book may be, if no one sees it, yeah. then you know, you're not making yeah. the impact that you had yeah. hoped when you yeah. first wrote it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And even for the publisher, it's a, it's a huge risk because they would, you know, you would get published, you do that, that circuit of, you know, PR going out there and then what then? You know, that's over. You've done the, you know, all the interviews and you've done the radio and, and what then? You, you cannot just do that. It's, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's important to have that platform there that you know you've you've got a certain number of people that you know will buy your book and through them other people will buy it. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. yeah. and um do you see yourself, Beryl, as a business? Now I ask this because a lot of artists and creatives they don't, but you come from a business background. Do you see yourself, the writer, as a business or or not? This is a passion project. Um, I, I, see my, I see it as a passion project. I think mm. to see it as a business, I'd have to publish a lot more books. Yeah. And, you know, I can't do it on two books. Um, I'd have to build that and I think for me Beryl Crochet Seegers it's very difficult to have that one that niche I like doing a lot of things I um I cannot just be an author yeah. I've got to have you know all these other things that go with it I don't see that for myself I don't see that I'm an author I see um I wear all these other hats. I'm I'm a songwriter. Um, that I fell into that into songwriting. Met the right person because I wanted to write a song for the documentary, my documentary, Healing from the Shadows. And and I met the singer songwriter. And since then we've collaborated, and it's just grown. And we yeah, um, I actually understand that you know because. I mean, for me, look, I facilitate, you know, theatrical programs for young people. I have my talent yep. agency, so representing artists. But really, those are my businesses. But when I yep. write music or yep. and like I recently produced a children's music video um, starring yep. your heart, and that to me didn't feel like business. I had considered making it into a business and then I realised I actually didn't want to. I just wanted to create that project and I've released it since and to be honest I don't I don't push it like I do with my businesses like I don't have the big marketing campaigns and all the things yeah. that you're supposed to do because I just don't I don't want to do that for that particular thing so when it comes to mm -hmm. the art sometimes yeah I get that that it you know you can make it a business or you can opt into just doing it because you love it and sometimes you do need to mm. differentiate between the two and make a call on that you know it doesn't mean you're not going to yeah. promote it actively and do all the things but you're not there like paying for facebook ads to promote the book or you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> you know yeah going yeah. that extra mile you can just sit back yeah. and go i've done some really good work 
and, you know, people have connected. Yeah. I was just going to say part of my, you know, this is um, part was part of my therapy is that I have this busyness addiction and um, it, it's that has helped me to cope with my anxiety and panic disorder that I developed when my brother drowned. And, and you know, it's, it was left untreated. So for me, that was a coping me- mechanism to always be busy and always doing something. So it's, it, it, it is an addiction for me. That's um, why people get tired when they talk to me. They say, you make us tired, you know, with, with everything that you're doing. We can't keep up with it. I can totally, um, <laughs> I can resonate with that. Don't worry. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Even my husband today said it. He's like, oh, yeah. no, I'm joking. He just, I think it was something like <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning and he's making a coffee and I started talking about all the things. And he literally yeah, like, yeah. Can you just can you just stop? Um, yes. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, just, I, I don't want to talk about it. It's 7 o'clock. I'm making a coffee, you know? Like, okay, fine. But, yeah, no, oh, I get you know, Yeah, we had, we had that conversation on Sunday, um, on a Sunday morning, and, <laughs> you know, it became such a big issue that because I don't see it. Yeah. That I'm always busy. I don't see it. It's the way my brain works. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I had sent the this documentary, my fight to um a contact of mine in the US who's really big in the movie world. And so he wrote back, he wrote, he gave his feedback. And I was so excited when I saw that. I contacted the filmmaker, the the executive producer and I said oh you know this is the feedback and we were on the phone back and forth and you know um and that became my Sunday morning and my husband (laughs) saying to me when do you stop when do you ever stop you know um Uh, you don't need um, to stop, Beryl. What you know, you got to go with it. I think it's you shouldn't have to suppress that energy. You know, I understand yeah. like being a bit considerate of the people around you, whatever. But you shouldn't have to suppress that energy because it's such a beautiful yeah. energy to have. You know, and yeah. and when you meet like-minded people, they totally get it. But there's not yes. many. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So tell me, tell me, what's next for Beryl? What What's next for you? Well, I'm writing my third book. It's my first attempt at a fiction. Um, yeah, it's a psychological thriller. And um, <laughs> I'm fortunate to have this editor who's really, I mean, she's she, she's just great to work with. Yeah. So I, I completed a postgraduate studies in creative writing at my age of 60. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm still waiting to graduate lockdown. Um, you know, my mom will be 91. I would love her to see me graduate. So, you know, I'm just yeah. hoping that eventually that moment will arrive. And so when, when I um, did the course, I met up with someone, in you know, uh, on the course and we um, got talking about the story and, and that's where I, I developed the story as part of my thesis and just now I'm, I'm actually writing that story. Wow, um, that's very different. 
Yeah, it is because I'm I'm a, a non-fiction writer. So, yeah. And so, it, you know, even though it's, you know, I still use some some real life things, but it is it is fiction. It's it's yeah, it's very different for me to write that because I'm such an honest writer and very open when I write about myself. I'm now having to write about these characters that I don't know <laughs> and that I'm making up. So tell me where can um where can people find out about you know your books and what's happening? Do you have a website or something you'd like to share? Yep. Yep. So I, my books are, of course, all available online at all the online, the usual, you know, Amazon, Booktopia. Darker Shade of Kale and Behind My Smile. And yes. So they're all available there. And I also have a website, Beryl Seeger's Chronicles. I actually started a company. I registered a company because I needed to put all these things under one umbrella. I just had all these you know, tentacles going everywhere. <laughs> as creatives so, do, as creatives yeah, do. All right, so, well, we'll, we'll, pop the, we'll pop those links um, in the show yeah. notes for you. And so if anyone's yeah. interested or they want to check out, you know, um, your website, yeah. we can definitely pop that in the show notes for everyone. Well, I just want to say yeah. a big, big thank you for, for coming on and chatting with me. Um, it was lovely to catch up. Uh, it's been too thank long. You. <laughs> I know. I and know. I'm loving that you're also a fellow um, redhead dreamer. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you, know, you for having me. I, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.